Today we celebrate the final day of the octave of Easter, which is uh, since John Paul II, St. John Paul II uh, named it this day, it's been known as the uh, Divine Mercy Sunday. After the devotion brought to us into the church by uh, St. Faustina, a Polish nun who lived in the 1930s and who had revelations from Jesus himself um, in this image that we have here today with the, the twin beams of light, of red and white light coming from his heart. He revealed to her um, the mercy of God and said to her that he wanted the church to be devoted to his divine mercy and gave her, uh, for instance, the divine mercy chaplet, which you may have heard of or prayed. The hour of divine mercy is traditionally prayed at three o'clock in the afternoon, the, the hour that Jesus died And the prayer is basically a repetition of, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Begging God for the mercy of Christ, which flows from his heart, like the blood and water flowed at the crucifixion, to flood the earth, flood the world. And at a time in the 20th century when God's mercy was most needed, uh, after a great war had uh, killed millions and basically decimated Europe, And just a few years before, another world war would come and and kill even more people and untold evils would bubble up in the world. Uh, It's very clear and still clear, um, almost 100 years later, that the world needs divine mercy. One of the stories from St. Faustina's diary that uh, I love the most is when her spiritual director wanted to verify that these revelations were legit that this was actually Jesus that was appearing to her and not some fantasy or psychosis or, worse yet, a demon pretending to be Jesus. So he asked her to ask Jesus, what was my last confession? And so next time the Lord appeared to St. Faustina, she asked, what is my spiritual director's last confession? What were his sins? And Jesus said, I don't remember. And the priest took this to be that this is truly Jesus, this is truly divine mercy, that God's mercy erases uh, our sins. That it's not that he just says, it's okay, don't worry about it. It's that something has happened that's changed in your soul. That now God, who sees everything, cannot see your sin because he has blotted it out. He's made it not exist anymore. Just as he rose from the dead, blotting out death and uh, restoring life, so he can make us new in a way that we can't even imagine. It's not simply that we've reformed our life, it's that we have been transformed. That is what mercy actually is. Mercy is not simply papering over and saying it's okay that uh, if you've ever felt like it's difficult to forgive somebody because you feel like you have to just say what they did to me was okay. That's not actual forgiveness. That's indifference. You're just saying, you you can't affect me, you can't hurt me because I don't care. That's not mercy, that's indifference. What mercy is, from the Latin misericordia, means a miserable heart, literally. It means sharing the misery of the heart of another. When you see someone in misery, either self-made or because of the effects in the world, say poverty, the works of mercy are when you reach out to another who is in distress and you make your heart attuned to their heart. And it's costly It's not, you can't hurt me. It's that I will allow myself to be wounded for you by love. And that's why the mercy comes from his wounded side that he shows to his apostles on on this first day of the week when he breaks into the upper room. He says, look at my wounds. Look at how I've been hurt for you and how I've restored, been restored by the Father 
in the Spirit. And these wounds now are fonts of grace, of mercy. And when Thomas says, I won't believe until I put my fingers in there, Jesus says, fine, do it. And he guides his hand into his side. This is my heart that has been wounded for you and can make you whole again. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, another uh, saintly figure, he wasn't Catholic, he was a Protestant pastor in Germany during the uh, ascendance of the Nazis and Hitler. He was very critical, even early on, of the Nazi regime and said that it was uh, evil and wicked and the things that Hitler was, was saying uh, would cost Germany its identity and its, uh, uh, its nationhood. And he was perplexed, especially how the church was so unable to stem the tide of this totalitarianism and this sort of mass hysteria that came about in Europe and caused the lives of millions of millions of people and caused many people normally who would have been good to do such evil things. And he said that one of the problems why the church was so unconvincing and unable to inform the culture and unable to have any moral authority over the people's consciences and and souls is because they had bought into a doctrine of cheap grace. In other words, that God's grace is just kind of there for us whenever we want it and we don't really have to do anything about it. It's like, okay, Jesus died for my sins. Thanks. I'll see you in heaven. And I don't have to do anything about it while I'm here on earth. That his sacrifice, his mercy, doesn't call me to change at all. doesn't actually transform me. Right? It's grace without discipleship. Or mercy without repentance. It's, it's having God, but not the church, in other words. Not having the structure of committed love where I am not just here by myself and I'll, I'll take God if I need him. It's that I have put myself into the body of the church and, and put myself at God's disposal to do with it, to do with me as he pleases. And this is one of the things that uh, we see in, in Doubting Thomas. Thomas is not there, we don't know why, on the first day of the week. Uh, and so he misses it. The Lord appears in the community of apostles. And it's not till the following week uh, on the Lord's Day once again that he appears but in, again, in the context of the church, of the fellowship, of the community. Um, and as we get into summertime, I know it's, it's tempting. It's, you know, you're, you're with your community, with, you're with your friends, you're in your Bible studies, you're doing the faith during the school year. And I know when I was in college, breaks were always the most difficult time to stay accountable to my faith and what I said I believed and actually lived it out. And I'd say, well, yeah, school's coming in another few months, I'll, I'll get back at it then. I'll go to confession. I'll start going to Mass again, or I'll, I'll be my Bible study and start praying again. Um, don't do that. Stay in the body. Stay with the, with the community. Stay with the church. Um, you know, I, I think there's an old, this old joke where uh, this guy built his house by a river, and it, it flooded. And somebody comes by in a car and says, come on, get in. Let's get out of here. It's flooding. He says, no, God will save me. Somebody comes by in a boat no, God will save me. Somebody comes with a helicopter, he's on top of his roof and the whole place is flooded. And he says, no, God will save me. Thanks for helping. And then he dies and drowns and gets to heaven. He says, God, why didn't you save me? He's like, I sent you a car, a boat, a helicopter. What do you want? You know, it's like God's grace is very simple. It's costly, but it's very simple. When we get to heaven, we don't want to hear him say, you know, we say, where were you, Lord, when this happened or that happened and you felt distant? He said, I'm at Mass on Sunday. Where were you? You know, 
Where were you when I felt so alienated from myself and I felt, I felt uh, like th- that my life was kind of empty of purpose or I was at confession, ready to, ready to renew you with my mercy again. Um, grace is not cheap. It's costly, but it's beautiful. It's the only thing worth giving anything up for, um, to put ourselves at God's disposal. And we have this great gift today of uh, baptizing little Samuel. Uh, the, the, the white light and the red light are the blood and the water that flowed from Jesus' side that makes the whole world new. And we get to see little Sam, Samuel, who has not committed any actual sins yet, but is going to be cleansed of original sin because of, of the mercy of Christ's heart, which is in this baptismal font, which is in the waters of baptism, and, and makes him a child of God, a member of the church, and a temple of the Holy Spirit. So we give God thanks for this great gift.